Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Uh, This is Pamela McNamara sitting in with Michael and let's let our listeners know what's coming up here in McNamara Financial and uh, McNamara on Money in the next two weeks. Saturday, February 16th, program will be called Getting Ready for the Spring Real Estate Market. Alyssa and Kirk will be joined by their guest Sharon McNamara, owner, broker, and founder of Boston Connect Real Estate. The spring real estate market is right around the corner. I bet everybody's hoping that today since it's 21 degrees where our listeners are. Will you be selling or buying a house this year? Tune in to hear what Sharon, Alyssa, and Kirk have to say. And the following Saturday, February 23rd, the topic will be estate planning. How will your assets be preserved, managed, or distributed after your death? Attorney General Gerard T. Murphy, I slip on that, will be Mike's special guest, and together they will explain the importance of estate Planning and now back to Mike and the last section of our podcast here. All Questions right. you ask yourself. All right, so folks, if you just tuned in, uh, we try to break this radio show up into four distinct sections. Most of the time, it works. Uh, and the general topic for the whole four shows or podcasts uh, is asset allocation, and uh, the the specific topic for this half hour is 
questions you ask yourself about asset allocation. So my wife is going to be peppering me with questions, and I will attempt. There's so many here for you. You You better get going. I understand. All right. What are your objectives or investment goals? In other words, the average client, what are their objectives? Well, you got to, you know, you got to, when you invest your money, you got to be thinking about some things. Okay. Okay. Uh, And, and, you know, the, 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 the first thing is, well, what are your financial circumstances? You know, what do you need your money to do? You know, hopefully, probably not the case, folks, but hopefully you have a comprehensive financial plan in place that says, hey, you got to invest this much money per month in your 401k, and you hopefully have to earn this much money to be okay and live happily ever after in retirement. So, so hopefully investing your money is part of a, your major big financial plan. It involves many other areas, and and then that's a guide for you in terms of what you do with your money. If you're on your own, well, okay, you know you're still got to kind of figure out. Well, you know you have to have a reasonable expectation of what you think you can earn, and and you have to kind of match a strategy with what you think you can earn. And oh, by the way, you hope you don't get too uncomfortable with it at that time. You know, back back to uh, Kirk's comments a, a couple. Uh, a few moments ago in the earlier section of the show, um, um, we had we have precious few clients who called while the world was falling apart last quarter. <clears throat> but hey, we had maybe two, three, four, five phone calls uh, per person. There's four of us over over the time, and and you know when people ask me what should we do, my answer is we already did it. You don't have to do anything. You know you have a portfolio that's appropriate for your circumstances. You know it's. It's something you you said you wouldn't be too uncomfortable with. We're hoping to earn this much money. And oh, by the way, if we look back to day one when you started, this is how much we're earning. You know, forget the last three months. This is how you're doing. Okay. Okay. Uh, and by the way, we, we we told you that we hoped that this portfolio wouldn't be down any more than 10% in a 12-month period of time. It's only down five. Congratulations. It's working just fine. Did you have any other questions? That, that's that's how it should be yeah. <laughs> in terms of their circumstances. So if, if it's, you know, it, it has to fit your circumstances. You have to think about it. And most folks really need some help with that, folks. I, but, 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 you know, sure. if you're going to do that, okay. You know, um, so the, 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 the biggest... You know, you know how much money do you need? You know how big does your nest egg have to be? Well, you know, you hopefully have a plan for how big it has to be and what you're going to take out of it, and 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 that implies two things: if I can earn this much, I got to put this much per month in. If I can earn more, I put a little bit less per month in. So you got to kind of coordinate these things, and then once you got a plan, it's pretty easy to say, well, based on what I think I need, this is where I got to go, sort of a thing. But most people don't think about that, but that's what you have to do. The, the other thing, okay, and probably the, so, so your circumstances, okay, hopefully you have a big plan and, and the managing money piece is pretty easy if you have a big plan. I mean, we've had folks, we have plans with them say, hey, keep on investing this much per month in your portfolio and the 401k, hopefully you can earn this much and hopefully you'll be all right somewhere down the line. Okay, but, you know, per some comments our son-in-law had last show, um, the time frame is important. Okay, people, the biggest mistake people have is they don't allow enough time for their asset allocation to work. And the time means you got to get through at least a couple 
of investment cycles. If you started off at the top of a great cycle, it might be four or five years before you get back to even. And then six or seven years after that, and after a couple more years, it may start to take off. So, folks, you need to think in terms of years. You need to, and it's yeah. easy to be impatient and not understand that. And again, it, it, you know, I settled a, a couple of uh, podcasts ago. Any plan is better than no plan, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I remain firm with that statement, okay? Uh, stick with it. Okay, you know, sometimes the best investors are the folks who ended up with a good plan and didn't pay attention to it for 15 years, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay. Okay, so how do you determine, let's move on to risk, and how do you determine your risk level? You know, (laughs) I think it's a relatively useless undertaking, but you have to talk about it. Because people's, let's see, when the world is going bonkers and and everybody's making money hand over fit, so, oh. Mr. Mr. Prospective Investor, what's uh, what's your risk tolerance? Oh, no problem. We can buckle up and shoot for the stars here, folks. Okay. Oh, let's see. The world, you know, back in 2007, 8, 9, when the world came to an end the last time, and it was uh, it was only about uh, 14, 13, 15 months. But nevertheless, when it came to an end the last time, so let's see. The stock market's down 50%. Uh, we're, you know, U.S. may go bankrupt. Uh, there's no hope in the world. So what's your, what's your risk tolerance? How are you feeling this week, uh, you know, in terms of your, your comfort with investments? Okay, so it's certainly it's a situational thing. You know, we, we try to get cute in this business. There are some now risk metrics, tests you can take, determine your, how you emotionally might react. And, and maybe we're getting better at it. But, you know, okay. uh, I'm not trying to be casual. It's the hardest thing we all have to deal with. It is. And everybody, advisor. I think, has a high risk tolerance. Until it when is they're sitting fair. down before they yeah. sign yeah. their money yeah. Yeah. away, yeah. you know, yeah. and then yeah. suddenly risk becomes yeah. a big issue. Yeah, and, and so it's just you know, we, 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 the folks we work with, you know, we have these target portfolios. We say, look. We think you can earn this much, and here's why, not guaranteed. And we think you'll have this level of excitement. You know, it hopefully it won't go down any more than this, but we, we, we can't control that, you know, sort of a thing. See, the, the, the time frame. So here's how it works. So uh, the, you know, if, if you look at a short-term chart of the stock market, you see ups and downs, and it makes no sense. But if you step back and look at a long-term one, it's always going up. You know, you have the, yep. I like the yo-yo and the escalator. Yes. If you yes. if you watch a, somebody flipping a yo-yo, it just goes up or down. But if you put that person on an up escalator and step back far enough, every time the yo-yo goes down, it was at a higher place than it was before the last time. Every time it goes back up, it's a higher high than the last time it was back up. That's exactly a perfect definition of the stock market performance over the long run. So, so, so you know, you have to get through at least two stock market cycles before you start feeling comfortable about this. Let's say you could start at the top, and it might take five years for you to get even, and you're wondering. But if you get through two of those, they kind of smooth out, and you're further on up that curve. So, m- minimum five, ten years, sometimes longer, that's that's how it is, folks. You, you know, if you don't accept that, you're probably going to make a mistake and change and go twiddle your thumbs and go no place for the next few years. But that's that's how it is. So the, the hard part is the time frame and the risk. And, and I'm sorry, 
it's going to go down, folks, and you just have to deal with it. The, the only other thing about the risk, and I've had maybe a half a dozen conversations over the fall with some clients who called up and said, look, I know what you're going to tell me, but just tell me and explain this again. And, you know, one fellow said, I was down $40,000 in my portfolio. And I said, let me check. I said, yeah, you were down one and a half percent in your portfolio. Well, no, I was down $40,000. No, you're down one and a half percent. So, you know, how, how do you want to view that? Okay, if your portfolio hopefully doesn't go down more than 10% in a quarter, Congratulations! You're only down one and a half percent. Think sometimes it's a lot easier to think percentages than dollars. Okay, so if that's helpful from the risk point of view, but my my point is try to understand it, give it some time, and deal with it. You know that that downward stuff. You have to give it a lot of time. You get the downward stuff in order to earn the upward stuff. You yeah. got to deal with it. Period. D- deal with it. That's what it is. Be aware of what it is, and deal with it. Period. All right. So now we've been talking about risk, but how do you really define it? What what is risk? Okay. So <clears throat> okay. So here's <clears throat> here's my definition of risk. You buy one stock. You put all your money in it. Okay, and it goes out of business the day before you retire. Yeah, well, okay. that was... <laughs> P- pretty risky? Yeah, okay. Okay, default, bankruptcy, going out of business. That's the risk if you're a stock investor. Okay, that's the catastrophic risk if you're a stock investor. Yeah. That is the biggest thing you have to worry about. So how do you deal with that? Easy peasy. If you buy the S&P 500 for your stock piece, if you buy the international stock index and buy the emerging market stock index, you own about 3,000 companies all over the planet. One or two of them might go out of business the rest of your life, but not all of them. Okay, So the way, the, the, the real risk in owning stocks is default and going to zero. It's the easiest thing in the world to protect against that by just owning thousands of them. Well, the, you know, and by the way, if they all go out of business and go to zero tomorrow, what they're worth is not going to be your biggest problem, folks, not much of a thing. So, so, so default, okay? What, what the risk is that people focus on is volatility. Things go up and down in value, okay? The price of a company or the price of a mutual fund with a bunch of companies it goes up and down all the time. The long-term direction is up. Let's be really clear about that. But if you focus on the short-term stuff, you'll make it crazy. Okay, so for volatility, okay, the up and down price movements of your stuff, as long as you believe it's going up over the long run, you know, that escalator in the yo-yo comes with a deal. Okay, and it's a non-event. And by the way, you get paid for that volatility, folks. You know, bonds aren't very volatile and you don't get paid too much. And so that, it's, that's just how, so, so default is a risk, it's catastrophic. Volatility, no, that's just volatility. You know, if you bought a mutual fund for $10 a share and it went to five and you sold it, you lost $5. If you bought a mutual fund for $10 a share, it went to five and you prayed and went back up to 15, you had a, Temporary downward vet turn in your stock price. You didn't didn't have a loss sort of a thing. So, okay, by the way, there's something called sequence risk, too, that we should touch on. Okay, uh, se- sequence risk is because markets run in cycles, 
you know, I retire at the top of an up cycle, okay, yeah. or the bottom of a down cycle. I mean, you know, you know, so you have to kind of factor that in to how it all might work. But hopefully you're not taking all your money out at that one right, right. time. There, there are, there the are ways that you can prepare for that, but, okay, but you can't predict it. So, you know, having really bad markets the day after you retire, that, that could be a problem. Could, could okay. not be if you prepared for it. Okay, uh, and then we have inflation. That's a risk. We have taxes. That's a risk. And we have living too long. Yeah, my, my financial plan calls for me living till 85 and I'll be fine. If you turn 86 and you're out of money, that wasn't a good plan sort of a thing. Okay, so, so those are your risks. Again, okay, so let me go over it. Default, companies go out of business. Volatility, they go up or down. Okay, sequence risk, you retire at a bad time. Okay, inflation, taxes, longevity. By the way, two of those are guaranteed to happen. Inflation and taxes. By the way, maybe those are the risks you ought to be worrying about. And in order to do that, you got to own some of those stocks with that volatility and the excitement. So you don't, you know, risks, you, you tell me what risk you're worried about, I'll tell you what you should invest in, but I'll also tell you what risks you should be worried about. Inflation and taxes and living too long. Those are the okay. risks you should be worried about, folks. Okay, not volatility. And what, and and what risks should you be willing to take? Yeah, right, I would think exactly. volatility yeah, yeah. What, is one of them. Where, yeah. where are you? I, I, that, that, yeah. Make, choose your pick. You know, yeah. if, if you want no volatility, you can buy bonds and may not accumulate enough money in the rest of your life to be okay. Small problem there. You, I felt good. It was really wonderful. I have guaranteed investments, and uh, I got to move in with the kids. I mean, those are the okay. extremes, obviously. But you know, pick your poison. I say right. your poison is inflation and taxes and living too long, and there are certain things you have to do to deal with if you do that. Okay. So, what do you say when people say, "Well, the market's too high. I want to wait till it goes down," because that's sort of sequence <laughs> risk, isn't it? I think I should wait. I think I should. You know, isn't okay, so, it the- no, 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 because see. So here's what's going to happen. So, and I've had that conversation a few times in my life. Okay, so so I'll say, okay, so let's see. Um, okay, but let, let's pretend they're referring to the U.S. stock market. By the way, half their money may be invested overseas, but they don't know that anyway. Okay. But I'm not going to add any more to my portfolio because the U.S. market's okay. too high. Okay, so let's see. The U.S. market is. 20, I'm going to say the, uh, the Dow Jones is 27,000. I'm making up a number, okay. okay? It was at one time and will be again. Okay. okay, so let's see. And you think it's too high. All right, so, yeah, so let's see. <clears throat> if it goes down, uh, a typical bear market is down 30%. So 30%, 27, yeah. Let, let, you know, let's assume we'll, we'll wait till the market gets down to 20,000 and you'll invest your money. No, when the market's 20,000, the world is going to be coming to an end. You're going to be absolutely frightened to death. And there is no way on God's green earth that you're going to wade in with greed in your eyes when the market's 20,000 and the world's coming to an end. So, so no, that, that's, you know, that, that's not going to happen, okay? Uh, there are precious few people. By the way, my second comment is, so first of all, you're not going to do that. And second of all, which probably should have been first of all, you don't know when it's going to be too high or too low anyway. So, right. Okay, so if somebody says that, I'd say, look, let's take your money, let's divide it into four or five pieces, and let's invest it over the next year or two. And, you know, sooner or later you'll catch it if it goes down. 
And if it yeah. keeps on going up, you'll be okay. Well, so, you know, so spread the money out over time. So there, okay. there's no reason to never not invest. You know, it might take a little longer and do it in pieces. Okay. Okay. So how much time, just kind of touch on this, how much time do you have? Uh, for, for investment, for, oh, for people you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. So, so uh, again, I'm clearly on record as saying you need eight or 10 years or longer to ultimately see your investment portfolio work and become an investor. And then, in, then, then it's, you know, folks I've known for 15 or 20 years, we spend an hour in our investment review hour, we spend uh, 10 minutes talking about the investments and, uh, you know, 50 minutes talking about kid grandkids fishing and boating and life sort of a thing, because they, they get it. They've been doing it long enough sort of a thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, your investment time frame is the rest of your life. Okay. And mm-hmm. end of story. Okay. That, that's how long you have. Okay. Um, and so, so don't be thinking about a year or two or three or five. All, all of a sudden, people's investment time frame might get a little longer if they attached it to their life expectancy. And, and that's basically what I would say. Okay. Okay. Um, how much can a person expect to earn? Wow, what a question. Yeah, it's a great question, right? Yeah, because they always remember the last highest number you told them anyway, right? Okay. Yes. So, so I'll give you an example. Okay, so, so in our balanced portfolios, okay, we think, well, let me emphasize the word think, that you can earn somewhere between a 5 and a 7% return over the long run. By the way, that's like 60% stocks, 40% bonds. That's not guaranteed, but we think that, you know, if stocks can earn 7 or 8 or 9 and bonds can earn 3 or 4, you can get somewhere between 5 and 7%. We think that's a reasonable expectation, not guaranteed, okay? Um, you know, if stocks and bonds go bonkers for the next few years, you may get 8 or 9%, unlikely. If stocks and bonds go in the tank for the rest of your life, you may get 2 or 3%, unlikely, okay? But it's okay to have a range, okay? But if that range is 5 to 7, and 10 years from now, stocks did 3 and bonds did 2, well, as long as you got... Two and a half. You, you, you. If you get what they give you, that's all you can ask, and you will. If you have your pieces in those proportions, hopefully, what you hoped for, they earned. But you're gonna get <laughs> what you're gonna get. Okay. Well, I didn't get five to seven. Well, the stock market's doing three. The bond market's doing two. Uh, what, what are you gonna do? Give me a hint. What's the plan from here? It is the way it is. So returns are things that you hope for that are hopefully reasonable based on history and having enough time. But, you know, if you have a diversified portfolio, you get your share of whatever it was. And that's all I can give you in terms of how that works. That's the reality of it. Okay. Okay. So lastly, and, and what are you talking about here? You're... What is your investment philosophy? Yeah, great. In other words, yeah, you, are you looking for, you asking the client this yeah. question? I am. Yeah, a great. And that's a great one to end on. Uh, and that it's perfect timing because we've got about a minute here. Okay, so so when, when you put your money in investments, you have to believe in something. You're doing that for a reason. Okay, and the reason is, and I'll you saw you think that stocks are going to make money. Well, why do you think you know so you have to believe you have to have some sort of a religion to be an investor. What is your belief system? Okay. My my belief system is okay uh, th- that 
Okay, as long as we live in a free world uh, where capitalism, companies make money, profits, okay, uh, as long as those things continue, we're always trying to build better cars. We're always trying to build better medical equipment and drug. Okay, what's the incentive for all of that? Profit motive. Not popular these days, but profit motive. I believe in capitalism. And I believe uh, that the future of the world and the current lifestyle that we have has been brought to you by capitalism, okay? Uh, and that the way you participate in capitalism is to own companies. That's my religious belief when it comes to investing. And sometimes that belief gets tested. But if you have a belief, you'll wade through those times and hopefully be okay. So, folks, you got, well, I believe... Uh, and interest rates are going through the, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to buy, but w- w- well, whatever you believe is whatever you believe, folks. Folks, okay, oh, we, we tied this pretty well. That was a great well. program. Yeah, I all right. Thank you. Folks, very... uh, my wife Pamela and I are signing off. Thank you yes, for listening. Yes, thank you for and, listening. Uh, have a great day, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks with Attorney General Jer- Gerald Murphy. <laughs> <laughs>